from the Tie Cats Audio Network. This is Tie Cats Today with Louie Butko. Yes, it is Tie Cats Today for a Tuesday, November the 22nd, 2022. Thanks for checking us out on the Tie Cats Audio Network. Louie Butko here with you as uh, day two of the offseason. How are you holding in? Uh, do you miss the CFL yet? <laughs> I do. I do. It's only been a day, day and a half, two days since we uh, played the Great Cup. But uh, yeah, maybe it's because the Ticats are out in the East semifinals. Maybe it's because you know last year's Great Cup was this time last year. You know, like this week was Great Cup week, so I have all these Instagram memories popping up and and other photo memories popping up being like oh hey this time last year you were at a great cup party so you know i already have fomo from not going to this past great cup but we're all putting our attention on 2023 of course now the great cup here back in hamilton uh and uh doing it right the, the way they want to and you saw what they did in 2021 under some you know covid restrictions that were still hanging around I uh, can't wait to see what they have planned for 2023, and I'm sure we'll get into all of that, a lot of that, uh, coming up here uh, throughout the offseason on uh, Ticats today and on the Ticats Audio Network. In the meantime, let's go back to Regina, Saskatchewan. While freshly off the plane is Chris O'Leary. He's the managing editor of CFL.ca. And Chris, I thought there was a, an appropriate amount of hype for the game with the, the Bombers going for their third straight great cup the argos being the underdogs but i feel like even with the hype it still exceeded whatever we had for it uh in that fourth quarter i think so i mean i, I think if if you had told me a week ago at this time you know when we were just heading into great cup week that that winnipeg was going to blow the argos out i would say yeah sure i could see that um you know i, I, was, I was happy that it was a game and that it was competitive and then in the second half you start to see um you know, the, the Argos were starting to put their stamp on it. And um, I, I don't think they had a ton of believers other than their fans until, the, you know, maybe the final minute when it was really, it looked, you know, it, it was very clear that it was, it was going to go the Argos way. But uh, no, it was it was a fantastic game. It was a, a ton of fun. And uh, yeah, I, I think Andrew Harris said in the post game, he said, this might be a top five great cup in terms of the swings and the emotion and everything. And, you know, there's 109 of them to compare. But um, you know he could be right. Um, it's it's one of the the more entertaining ones I've covered, and I think I've been around almost ten of them now. Did the Blue Bombers blow it, or did the Argos steal it? How do you look at it? Oh man, I I hate to say one team blew it. Um, I mean, I, I think there were opportunities there for both teams, right? I mean, I've never seen a game with such high stakes with two blocked field goals in such a short span, right? I mean, it was there for yeah. both teams to take it. So I mean, um, you you could say each team blew it to a point and then one, one just managed to bring it home. But um, yeah, I, I mean, and props to the Argos. I mean, and, and they, I think that's kind of the, the story that I went with after that game was that this was a team that I wondered all year, like how together are they? Right. And and how easily can it come and done? And I think we saw that last year when the Ticats beat them in, in the Eastern final, um, you know, in the back, that was kind of in the back of my mind all season was how bad can, do things have to get before maybe they do fall apart. Right. And I, I feel like they really faced a test of that in that game. And they pass it finally, right? And yeah. uh, and, and you know they'll, they'll tell you. And they said after the game, I think they turned that corner earlier in their season. I, I spoke with uh, Darius Bladek, uh, their Argos offensive lineman, and he said that point was uh, against one of one of the 
myriad of games that they played against the Ticats this year uh, <laughs> dur- during a, a heated halftime conversation. It, it was, and it ended up being a turning point for them. Uh, but it's, it's a team that grew and developed and, and got to a place that I think it had been trying to get. Knew it could get for the last two years, but you know, finally got there. This, well, this and, and I guess even based on that question that I asked you, it kind of proves the point. That the Argos, and I know I'm wearing a Ticat shirt, right. and I know the show is called Ticats today, but the Argos really didn't get the respect they deserved the majority of the season, I would say. Oh, I'd, I'd say right up until they lifted the Grey Cup, and maybe not even then. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, On this and, show, probably not. On the people not, listening right? to it's, this show, yeah, they're, they're, they might have they might have turned me off at this point. But hope those who stuck around, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, you could hear it even in, in the voices of the players when when you're talking with them. And, you know, they're, they're they're standing literally in the confetti, the great cups behind them, and they they were very aware that they were disrespected, counted out. Um, I mean, just look at the heat that McLeod Bethel Thompson has taken basically his entire time in the CFL. But questions if. Is he good enough? Is he good enough to start? Is he good enough to hold the starting job? Is he good enough to get a team anywhere in the playoffs? Uh, and that's just the one position. I think those questions kind of rained down throughout the, that entire yeah. roster, really, right? Um, they definitely took that to heart. And uh, there, there was a lot of, how do you like us now in that postgame? And, and that's the right, you know, like they, they earned that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I get the sense that I, as much as I want to turn the page, and be like, well, okay, well, they won, so let's focus on 2023. <laughs> uh, you you gotta you gotta show just a, a smidgen of respect in this uh, in this even with rivals. Uh, so you, got, you yeah, gotta they, give them their day in the sun, right? They can be a champion, I guess, for a few <laughs> more days before I turn the page. Uh, they did a lot of things right in that game uh, defensively. Uh, you know, an offense. I mean, they they had a game plan, and Andrew Harris was strong to start, and AJ Ouellette. I mean, this that that guy's a great story this season. Uh, uh, a big one-two punch in that running game seemed to be the difference in this one. I think so. In this game, and, and even in the, the Eastern Final uh, the, the week before, right? Um, you know, there, there was so much hype and attention on Andrew Harris's return, and um, you know, I, I think Ouellette sort of flew under the radar this whole season, right? From the second that that Harris went down with that that pec injury, um, really assumed the bulk of that uh, running back role. And and did very well in it. And uh, I think he was the second leading rusher in, in the East this season, um, you know, and really came in and put his stamp on the game. I mean, he, other, other than I think Andrew had one touchdown in the playoffs. But other than that, I mean, all the, the, the running back touchdowns came from Ouellette and two in the Great Cup that were just enormous. Um, he, and he's a guy that's, you know, one of the few. He's probably one of the more veteran guys in that Argos team that was overhauled really from 2018, 19 to now. Uh, he's, he's been there in the background kind of working his way up to it. And, you know, assuming he, he wants to stay with the Argos or wh- wherever his career takes him, you know, he's in position now, I think, to be a key figure in the league. Uh, the pinball Clemens effect. How, how real is that? I mean, we can say, you know, he's perfect in great cups. Yeah. We can talk about what a motivator he is. We can, you know, anybody who's listened to him, they're ready to run through a brick wall. But I mean, how real is the the pinball effect on the Argonauts? Uh, I mean, I, I think it's pretty substantial. I mean, I think he, he's definitely a presence. We've all spoken with him. We all love speaking with him. And, uh, you know, I, I think I've tweeted multiple times if I've done an interview with Pinball in the morning, like what a great way to start the day, right? You know, you, you want to start all your days like that, uh, regardless of, you know, who your affiliation is. But uh, so, I, I mean, I think he has that motivating presence, right? And that's accessible to those guys 24-7, I would assume, you know, when, whenever they want it. Uh, I thought it was interesting after they had won, I caught him in the uh, the team with the winning team photo booth after the game, posing with the great cup. And I asked him if he wanted to talk 
uh, for a story. And he he just said no. He said that you know this is their moment, and he he didn't want his voice to overshadow um, what ha- what they had just accomplished. And and I thought that was interesting. I feel like maybe in years past, um, hmm. he he might have spoken more. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so I mean, and, and I think it's maybe sort of telling of just that presence, right? I mean, I think he's there, but I don't think he wants to to overshadow. And I think he's very happy to be remain perfect in great cups and all of that. But um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think uh, I, I think he likes where he is within that organization right now. Well, when we're talking about turning points of this Argonaut season, there was a moment, and I don't know the exact week, but there was a moment on the sidelines that got a lot of attention, right? There was yep. Brandon Banks didn't look too happy. There was some confrontation. Next thing you know, Pinball Clemens is out of his box. He's on the field. He's having a conversation. I mean, and that is the pinball effect, I guess, in sense right there. I, I would assume that was a moment that that he didn't want public. That was a moment that he could have done in private, but realized that he needed to go there and talk now to talk to Brandon Banks. And that's a long way of transitioning this conversation, yeah. talk about Speedy B because if there was a guy that Ty Cats fans were cheering for on the Argos, it had to have been number 16. Uh, if you caught up with him after the game, what did you make of it? And, and just what do you, what do you make of, of his, if this is it for him, uh, his legacy in the league? Um, I, I t- spoke with him briefly. Um, extremely happy. Uh, he had his son kind of under his arm the, the whole time. Um, I think he was, he was just elated and, uh, you know, he, this was exactly what he wanted. I think he spoke a lot during the week. Uh, I think I talked to him on the walkthrough day as well. And, and I, I think, uh, Christina Coswell had a story with him before that say, and he, where he was kind of saying the same thing that, um, you know, he didn't need that big spotlight. He didn't want to be the number one receiver. Uh, I don't know if he was at the point in his career where he could maintain that, but, I think he had accepted that role on the team and he was happy to contribute. And, um, you know, I think he felt like his contribution was there. It wasn't the big thing. He went into the game relaxed, I think. I know that was one thing he said that maybe he'd worried about in previous great cups about, you know, having to have this enormous game changing impact when when he got out there and he said he was just going to let this one come to him. I I think he did that for the most part. And, uh, you know, he he played his role. Um, I always think about that first half he had in the, the Eastern final and, you know, not huge numbers, but there were two or three plays in that first half where um, I think he faked taking a knee in the end zone and ran it out. Uh, just smart, you know, moves and contributions that you want from that veteran, right? That the guy that's been there and seen everything. Um, no, I, I think he was a great fit. And one of those guys that probably grew through the season, you know, there was that sideline incident and, and pinball, you know, it was probably, that was maybe his most visible moment of the season. But, um, you know, I, I think, and that's maybe the most incredible thing about their success this season is that they were able to, move past that. I think that dooms teams a lot of times yeah. and uh, they were able to put it behind them and, and get together and, you know, have the season that they had his legacy. I know that was the kind of the tail end of that. Um, I mean, for him, this is the, the cherry on the cake. You know, I think he's all going to remember himself as a tiger cat, but um, you know, he told me uh, the year that he won MOP was that 2019. Yeah. Um, I remember sitting on the bus after the team had just arrived in um, Calgary, I think. And he told me he'd never won a championship in anything in his life. And um you know, he finally got one now. So if he does retire, I mean, I think he's at a, a place of contentment and peace. And, uh, you know, he, he would be able to move into that uh, stage of his life if he wanted to and feel like he's accomplished everything. Uh, like I said, it may not be the numbers that, that he was used to or we were used to seeing from Speedy B, but his experience was definitely noticed, just like the experience of Enoch Muamba, who for the second time in three years after it never happening, 
uh, ever, ever, ever. Second time in three years, the most uh, outstanding Canadian is also the MVP. Uh, but another great story. 11 years between great cup mm. appearances. You know, you got Jagera Davis, who's there every year. You got <laughs> Enoch Muamba, who took so long to get back there. Uh, what a great story. What a great showcase for the league, uh, him having that moment on stage and on the sidelines. Yeah, it, it really was a sort of the the perfect story in that game, I think, just that you know, he was so close to that interception, I think, in the first half. Yeah. Um, was so down on himself about it. And, you know, he said after the game, I think um, Shaq Richardson, um, Chris Edwards, uh, their linebackers coach, all came up to him in a row and just said, like, forget it. There's another one coming and you're going to get it. And, um, yeah, he he just he said after the game that he he knew he wasn't going to drop another one. Right? He said he couldn't he, he wouldn't let himself. And um, I mean, and, and, I don't know. I just feel so happy for, you know, he's a guy that's moved around the league. You know, I believe he took less money in free agency to come back to Toronto to be closer to his family. Uh, we, we heard a lot of the Argos, whether it was Enoch, uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson, Andrew Harris. Uh, they all talked, but they're all guys that are late, later in, in that later stage of their careers where, you know, like they're balancing those family responsibilities and, you know, they want to be dads and active dads and involved in their, with their, their family life. And, you know, it's tough to balance all that when, you know, you're 100% committed to this for six months of the year. Um, so, I mean, and, and I think at the same time with Enoch, he's just been one of those guys that's just such a good ambassador for the league, uh, such an eager face for it. And, um, you know, so nice to just see him finally win that great cup and just get that rare recognition that Andrew Harris got a, a few years back and, and just to, to claim the MVP and most valuable Canadian, uh, it was just perfect. I mean, and I, I mean, I don't think I'll ever forget the, uh, the look on his face, you know, and he's got his daughter and, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's just crying up on that stage and he's kind of got the the whole CFL in his hands in a way that was, uh, it's pretty credible. Uh, big. Okay. We've given the Argos their, their due now. Now we can turn the page. I, I feel like this is going to be erased from the, the vault. Yeah. Yeah. It's Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's never existed. Uh, let's turn to 2023 because, uh, I'm sure training camp will be here before we know it. Uh, outside of the Bo Levi Mitchell watch. Which I'm in the boat that if the Ticats traded for his rights, regardless of what he says publicly, I, I think the Ticats are hopeful that he's going to ch- decide to stay here. So outside of that, what are you looking at this offseason? What do you think is going to be the, uh, the the big storylines uh, that will pop up throughout the uh, the next few months? Uh, well, it might be an obvious one, but I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking about quarterbacks still. And like, we'll, we'll, we'll move past Bo and um, his decision, whatever it may be. But um, I mean, there, there's still a lot of questions there around the league, right? I mean, just off the top of my head, um, you know, I'm, I'm very interested to see where Jeremiah Masoli's at. Um, you know, it was, a, I think, a pretty significant injury, probably at a later stage of his career than he would like. But if he's able to get back on the field, great. If he's not, what does Ottawa do? Um, Saskatchewan basically said they're done with Cody Fajardo and they, they benched him at the, the most important moment of their season. Um, we need to see what Nathan Rourke is going to do, what, what his options are and where he goes. And I think tied into that is Vernon Adams Jr., um and where he goes you know i, I think yeah. he's under contract for next season i believe with with the lions but uh if Rourke comes back i, I would imagine you know that's that's not going to be the case so there, there's a lot of quarterback movement there and it, to me i mean i think that's other than stacking up your offensive line for that quarterback <laughs> uh you know th- i think that's that's the most important thing you're not you're not going to win without a good quarterback um i think i think a lot of teams are going to be interested in them and have decisions to make just within their own rosters on, on what they want to do. Even Toronto, right? I mean, if, yeah. uh, if McLeod Bethel Thompson chooses to retire, which was kind of hinted at through the week, um, you know, do they look at Chad Kelly or do they look at one of these other more experienced guys and keep grooming Chad Kelly to, you know, hopefully be that guy for them. 
Uh, yeah, that to me is, is is the most important thing. And I'm sure we're going to see the free agent list soon. Uh, we generally do the week after the Grey Cup. Um, it's going to, I have no doubt it's going to be massive and long like it is every year. <laughs> um, you know, I always wish it would be a little shorter, but that's, that's not the, the world we're living in right now. Um, but it's, it, it'll be fun. I mean, you start with quarterbacks and then you kind of work your way down there based on team need. But to me, the, the quarterback spot is going to be super interesting. Well, we have a game like that, a great cup where, you know, ratings are up, eyeballs are up. I'm sure you were like me and had people texting you, you know, who know you work in the league. Oh, what is going on? This is crazy. Like, it, is the CFL like this every week? Uh, and you're like, yeah, it basically yeah, is. Totally. Just, just watch um, the week. Yeah. What, what's, what's our responsibility now? Me and you, uh, we have these platforms. What, what, what are we supposed to do now to make sure that uh, people who might have had a casual interest in the game on Sunday come back? What, what, what's the job of me and you right now? That's a tough one. I, I think personally, um, this isn't the direct answer. I think the biggest challenge is just the length of the off season, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, we go from like peak excitement and, and for some reason, the 2017 Argos pop into my head for this too, where they just had this fantastic storybook ending to their season. There was a rally downtown and it felt great. And then it was just, you know, the dead of winter. Right. Yeah. And uh, it, it feels like it's a, it's a, it's a long off season to, to sort of work against. I think, um, I th- yeah, I, I think just reminding people of what we saw like on Sunday, like you said, is you you can see that every single week during the season. And um, you know, and I, I think there are the game itself is great in that way. Um, we just spend I don't, I don't know how long uh, the last fifteen minutes talking about these amazing figures in the game. And I think maybe that's where our job comes in is just um, you know you look at the Enoch Mwambas, um, the Brandon Banks's um, across the board, right? There's just mm-hmm. like McLeod Bethel Thompson got up and was like pounding his chest, you know, screaming for the league and how great it is his entire post game all week, really. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think we just, we need to focus on the, those personalities and, and these people, um, you know, just incredible athletes. Uh, I think their, their love of the game, their dedication to it, um, their commitment to playing football for most of them in a country that they didn't grow up in and probably a game they didn't know much about is, is incredible. And you know, there's a pureness in that. And I, th- I think that needs to be celebrated and, uh, I mean, that's probably a, a long answer, but no, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's what I, listen, I, I was hoping, uh, no, we can take time off and we'll worry about it come the off season. But no, I, I guess <laughs> I got to keep doing this show uh, if, if we got to keep putting these spotlights on players. Uh, so I'm sure my bosses will be happy with that answer, uh, Chris. So thank <laughs> you. Thank you for that, uh, man. It's always great to see. You. I know uh, you're uh, a little jet lagged, uh, I'm sure. Slightly. Uh, yeah. The last <laughs> few weeks. Uh, so thank you for, uh, for making some time here, man. I always appreciate our chats. No, absolutely. This is one of the funnest playoff runs I've done. We were talking about this before I went on, but uh, I don't know if I had said to you, I think I managed to hit every CFL province in this playoff run. I don't think I've ever done that before. And uh, it was just super cool to go almost across the entire country, up up to Montreal and and back up to Vancouver. And just to to watch all these fascinating teams, these great games, it was, it was just so much fun. And uh, I'm kind of sad now that we have to wait six months to do it again. Well, and that was, I'm I'm excited that it's coming back to Hamilton next year because I had some major FOMO. All week. And and I, I have been to, you know, I said I've been to four of the last five. I was in Ottawa, you know, in 2017. I'd gone to Calgary in 2019. I was part of, like, I didn't realize how much I was going to have that FOMO until I saw it. 
Yeah. And uh, it, it's always a time. So if anyone's listening to this uh, who hasn't been to the Grey Cup, uh, you're going to want to make sure you go in 2023, uh, which we can't wait to host you there, Chris, uh, in Hamilton. Uh, you're making the long journey all the way down the QEW for you. So uh, uh, we, we can't wait. I might wait bike to- that one. <laughs> you might bike. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk to you before then for sure. Uh, but thanks for doing this again, man. Thanks. Absolutely, man. Anytime. My thanks to Chris O'Leary for joining me and my thanks to you as well. Make sure to like and subscribe so you never miss an episode of this show or any of the other great shows on the Ticats Audio Network, including a brand new episode of the CFL This Week that just dropped as Bubba O'Neill catches up with uh, RJ Broadhead, Luke Tasker, and Andy Fantuz. Uh, you can catch that wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Uh, thanks for joining us from all of us here at the Ticats Audio Network. I'm Louis Butko. Hope you have a great day. Ticats today can be heard every weekday, and we would like to hear from you. Email us at gameday at ticats.ca. Have a question or an opinion? We want to hear it. That's gameday at ticats.ca. Subscribe to the Ticats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.